Welcome back to another episode of Love Sis. Today I'm excited because I have two guests on and I think you guys are going to be very encouraged with the guests I have on today. I just want to welcome you. Hope you guys are having a blessed day and if you're looking for some encouragement just stay tuned for this episode. I'm going to introduce to you guys briefly some two guests. So I just want to start off with saying thank you both for being here today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you guys. So I have Prophet Joe to my left and Pastor Mike to my right, and I just want to start off by saying you two are beacons for the kingdom, and Thank it is you. an honor to have you both sitting here, and I really just want to use this as an opportunity for someone to get to know both of your hearts, and just a bit of your outlook on how Jesus has saved you both, and just for you guys to share truth with our viewers, and um, Joe, you know, for you, you've been such an amazing mentor to me, and a friend when needed, and you're so wise, and I'm so excited for the world to hear your heart today, and Pastor Mike, I briefly just met, but although I know Joe has I'm sure filled you in about my walk and along the way. So yes. I'm, yeah, yes. I'm so excited to just dive into this conversation with you regarding your own personal walk, your artistic abilities, your love for people, you know, your love for Jesus and just being a pastor and so much more. So I just want to thank you guys both for being here today. Thank you. Yes. Thank you I know so many people will be feeling, you know, inspired and encouraged. So I just want to start in. I'm going to, I'm going to jump right in and dive in and ask you guys, some maybe or may not controversial questions, but yes. you know, I do think the world needs to hear them today. So um, I just want to share some truth and I'm just going to start off with Pastor Mike um, and then we'll kind of just bounce off and let this flow between you and Joe. You both can just share what you wish. Uh, I want to just ask you, you know, maybe for someone out there who doesn't have a relationship for Jesus, uh, when did you have an encounter with Jesus or maybe when did you find him and maybe just a little bit of your background and your testimony if you could just share that with our viewers today yes i actually found him in my youth i was actually around the age of maybe about 11 or 12. i used to be an altar boy in the catholic church and i remember reading my bible and i started to find information that uh, i was not being taught mm -hmm. in the church and that questioned my background like right. why am i a catholic why right. am i a christian and so I began reading my Bible, and I used to listen to the radio stations uh, uh, with different pastors and preachers on them. And I remember I heard a, 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 a preacher speaking, and, and the preacher said, if you're not being taught about your doctrine, you need to leave that church. Absolutely. So I started asking the priest, why am I Catholic? What, what, what type of background? Why am I in this teaching at that age? I didn't need to know because, listen... Boy Scouts have their models, police officers have their models, firefighters have their models. I didn't know why am I a Christian, why am I a Catholic? Right. So I began reading my Bible and then the more I read, the more I got condemned because I started seeing things in the Bible that I was doing uh, as a Catholic Christian that was against the Bible, actually. Right. Uh, uh, wearing uh, rosary beads, play, praying the statues. Right. Uh, uh, worshiping Mary. Now, Mary did a great job carrying Jesus. She actually carried the first gospel. Uh, she was the first woman that carried the gospel because Jesus was on the inside right. of her. But that's as far as as giving her honor uh, because uh, we do honor and respect her, but we don't worship her. And so as Amen. I started learning and learning more about God, he started to give me a better understanding and I grew and grew. And uh, later on down the road, uh, I came into what they call holiness sanctification. And uh, uh, became a, came into a Pentecostal church and met a, a little woman uh, that uh, uh, was very powerful and uh, was very special to me. Uh, her name was Mother Franklin. Uh, she's long passed away in the 80s. And uh, I had to uh, uh, begin to realize uh, a different lifestyle, the way the Bible says, uh, God says, be holy as I am holy. 
And I had to realize that this is a very serious thing. And as a youth, I realized it, but now I realize it coming to my teenage life that this was uh, uh, something I had to make a change with and uh, either do it fast because I believe God was calling me earlier. So one night I had uh, back in 1982, a, what they call out of body experiences never happened mm-hmm. to me before. I actually literally died in my bed. Wow. And I went through my ceiling of my house. And as I was going up uh, through the ceiling, I remember uh, screaming in the spirit, God, I'm out of my body. Please help me. Please help me. Please don't send me to hell. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of people witnessing to me through high school and telling me things about the Lord. And I I just left my life as a typical teenager. And I said to myself, you know, um, uh, uh, I just kind of took it lightly until that night. This happened... uh, in June of 1982, and I believe it was on a Tuesday, I can kind of remember that. I remember the year just as clear as it fell, about two in the morning. And so when it had happened, uh, it just totally changed my life. God told me when I went up, he said, I have a job for you to do. Uh, long story short, uh, I came back through the ceiling through a tunnel that I went up through, and uh, um, it took maybe about two years later, I end up uh, uh, being born again, seriously born again, where before I thought I was. Mm. So rather than just knowing about God, I actually knew God, which is a big difference. You can know God and you can know of him. But I truly say that I know God. Wow, that is so powerful. I mean, everything that you just said, I feel like is totally relatable, especially with you know the generation we're living in now. and you know, religion. And so I think you touched upon many amazing things. So thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. And we'll, we'll dive more into that yes. too within the episode. Yes. I think some people were very, very encouraged yes. by that. So thank you. And um, I just want to pass this on to Joe as well. If you want to share a little bit about your testimony and an encounter that you've had with Jesus, or uh, maybe when you found that you needed Jesus, just like Pastor Mike and many other people out there. So also too, like Mike, I was raised as a Roman Catholic. And a few months before I was about to um, participate in my confirmation, I started to get dreams and I started getting them consecutive days over and over the same dreams and stuff. And I just felt that I was hearing from God in a way that I had never experienced before, but I didn't understand the purpose of it. So I was hungry. I was wanting answers. I didn't know where to get them. And so I started to do some research. by going to different churches and saying, well, I wonder if it's the same God wherever we go. It's just a Catholic God or Protestant God. What is God telling me? So I started to go to all different kinds of services and I really got involved and I felt like God started to speak into my heart. And so the area that I wasn't sure about being called to be a prophet uh, and the Lord was preparing me for such a time. And so it was a very beautiful learning experience. I got closer to the Lord and I got closer to people I felt so relaxed to be able to just walk into a church, didn't matter what denomination, and knowing that I would encounter people that were falling in love with them. So I felt like I had some type of a support system. I wasn't alone. It doesn't matter what the name on the door is. You'll encounter Jesus with people as soon as you meet them. The Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit will definitely introduce you. Uh, So in your spirit, you'll know, you'll have a check in your spirit when you meet a fellow Christian, and you'll see um, Jesus uh, manifested. And so it's very, very powering and like I said, I, I guess it was my hunger and desire to get answers, and that's how I was able to have a better relationship to getting to know him better. Wow, amen. amen. And I think that's so amazing. I think just, you know, 
letting you guys have the spotlight to share your testimony because when I think of mine, I think sometimes we can forget how far we've come or just that one encounter that Jesus did have with us and, and that we obeyed and listened and how much has changed from, you know, really knowing God and having a relationship with Him. And so I think that's why I wanted to ask you guys that because I think it's so important for the people to listen. And so, amen. yeah, amen. So just want to ask you guys another question. And so now that you guys have a relationship with Jesus and maybe remembering back to when you guys first had a relationship with him, I want to ask you guys, you know, how important is it to listen to God's voice versus the world's voice? Because as we know, sometimes the world can get really loud. And especially when you're walking as a Christian, it can also be very isolating and lonely. And, um, you know, what are some things that maybe you do? And Pastor Mike, I can start with you or just something that maybe allows you to hear God's voice when the world is so loud. Amen. That's a very great question. And uh, I, I love God's word where he says, I know my sheep, but my sheep know my voice. And he Amen. says, in a stranger, they won't follow. Now, uh, before I knew another voice, it was the voice of the devil. He would speak to me and say, go do this, go do that, go do this. But, you know, once I uh, became born again and the power of the Holy Ghost resided in me, uh, the Holy Ghost leads us and guides us. And it'll tell us, don't go to the left, don't go to the right, otherwise don't do wrong. You know, don't go into areas because our footsteps are ordered by God, the Bible says. It says the footsteps of the righteous are ordered by Him. Right. And we have to learn, and that, and that way comes through prayer, uh, sacrifice, uh, fasting, uh, a lot of quiet time. Uh, it doesn't mean that you can't uh, enjoy life, like go out and do sports, go to the beach, do these things. But you're going to spend some time with God because you're going to want to hear His voice. You're going to want to have that intimacy with Him so that so that you don't miss out on what He has for you. Mm. Because once you miss out on what He has for you, that's a bad feeling. Right. And but but when you get that back, oh, it's so it's like. Megabucks could not pay for it, okay? Powerball right? could not pay for it. It's a feeling that, that God gives you a peace mm -hmm. that surpasses all understanding, and you want that closeness with God because you're, you you want that connection with your Heavenly Father just as your natural mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just so beautiful, you can't explain it. That's why I said it, it surpasses all understanding. It's very important to, to have that quiet time and to that dedicated time. And even if it's like... A, uh, a set hour during the day, yes. you know, uh, we had we had nine o'clock mm -hmm. for prayer, twelve o'clock prayer, and three. We had those three set hours, and then sometimes we'd come back in the evening. Well, most of the times we was a Pentecostal. We were in church mostly all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. Know? But I'm not saying everybody's requirement is that. Right. But the more you dedicate your time, mm -hmm. the more God will is with you. Absolutely, so, yes. I love that, and it reminds me of. You know, when, when I first knew God, I, I didn't really know which way to turn. You know, how do I even start, you know, do I talk to God like he's a friend? And, yeah, that's exactly what you do. And mm -hmm. so I'll just pass it over to Joe. And mm -hmm. I know he's talked to me about that. You yes. know, before God is a king and before God is a ruler, before he is a friend, he's love. And yes. so I think that's really important to remember. But, you know, Joe, maybe there's something you do that um, lets you hear God's voice that you want to share with the audience. Well, I think it's something that's important that the Lord has shown me through the years is that Everything that we do in the natural and the secular carnal is in parallel with the supernatural. And so just like we have a daily routine, you get up in the morning and you do certain things. You take a shower, you eat breakfast. Mm -hmm. uh, people will go up to the gym, will, uh, work out or walk down, take their dog for a walk or something. Mm -hmm. You need a time of spiritual growth. You need a spiritual routine. 
And so you get up in the morning and you start off, not with a bucket list of what you need from God, but just praising and worshiping God for who he is Mm -hmm. and getting in the word and praying and getting in his presence in alone time. And you hear sometimes you'll hear people say that they have a prayer closet. But if you're driving to work, your car is your prayer closet. If you're walking your dog, there's your prayer closet. It's whatever time you feel that you truly, truly are devoting an undivided attention to God. And you're saying, Lord, I want to hear from you. I want to be in your presence. I want to hear your word. I want you to speak to my heart, my spirit, my soul. And so that once you get into that routine, it, it'll become five minutes, 10 minutes, it will become an hour, and then eventually an hour becomes a half a day, and then you're doing it 24-7, 365. You're constantly speaking to God, and you're waiting for some kind of an answer. Now, it may not always be uh, a verbal response, but there will be ways that God will speak to you through a dream, a word that someone will share with you, an open vision that you'll get, or just sitting there on a chair uh, having a cup of coffee and all of a sudden you can just feel the presence of God upon you and he just starts to speak in your heart where you're hurting and then what what's so beautiful from that is that you want to share that with someone else I think one of the most beautiful things about being a Christian is that you arrive at a point where what not what God is doing for you but what God is doing through you for a stranger and that's how you know that you're so in love with Jesus because you want to share him with everyone that's so amazing. That's so true. And you know, I think we all we know we know we all know that this life comes with trials. It comes with tribulations, yeah, and it's yeah. it's hard sometimes. You know, the struggle, the the isolation. It can be it can be hard. And you know what we can do often, uh, Christian or not Christian. You know, just as a person, is we can we can really make it all about ourselves. Yeah. And I think we can sit in that sulk and, and be mm-hmm. sad and be like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, poor me and woe me. And I think you know when you do know God, it's it's like He's so the opposite of, of everything just about yes. yourself he's so about yes. leaving the 99 for one and yes. so that's where he really changes your heart and he really you know when you're feeling sad maybe maybe you could just reach out to one person and that changes their whole entire yes. day with yes. just one phone call yes. and i think that's the beauty of it and so i really love what you guys touched upon amen amen so i just have another another question for you guys as we're you know um continuing this episode and uh this one's a little bit more deep so but we're here to speak truth, and so I, I really just honor that. But um, yes, yes. I want to ask you guys: Do you believe that um, smoking weed is is okay? What you know? Do you have any thoughts on that? I, you know, I just want to ask that because I know a lot of my viewers are a bit uh, mm-hmm. younger. You know, they're teenagers going through high mm-hmm. school, college, and unfortunately, we live in a world where this is so popular. It's so common, you know. And mm-hmm. when you when you take a stance in that, and you and you say, "No, I don't want to do that," you know, I just don't feel like that's right. Um, I'm trying to follow the so the soberness mm-hmm. of life. Uh, you can get looked at and mocked mm-hmm. at and and called different names, and I know I have. And mm-hmm. so, you know, do you guys have any advice for people, you know, going through that, or what what are your thoughts on on you know the whole upbringing of smoking weed? Um, and you can start with whoever wants to speak, Pastor Mike. Well, I, I would like to say this. You know, I I was a teenager once. You know, and um, uh, all I can say is this: is that um, uh, we have things that we, we are tempted to try and, and we're looking for quick fixes and, and things because the flesh wants help, you know. The flesh wants quick help, especially in time of need. Right. And the Bible tells us that God says he's a very present help in a time of trouble. And uh, once we become uh, a Christian, uh, we start to uh, learn how to trust in God for our help. 
uh, more so than leaning on the natural things. But now, as far as like marijuana is concerned, uh, I believe that these herbs were around uh, before uh, the laws and things because Indians used to use these things, okay? So, but I'm not one that would use these things myself in particular. I'm tr I trust in God for my healing. Uh, for a person uh, that might be sick, I do believe they have healing properties, mm -hmm. but the only thing that I don't like is the loopiness they get and the stupidity they get from smoking it, so I'm not an advocate of it. Right. But I would say you, maybe the CBD oil that you can take from it, you right. can take some oils, uh, extracts from this herb, because this herbs were put on here by God. Okay. And so we have to be careful what we're calling wrong and right. Only God really knows that. But the herbs, you could take it. You can listen. You can abuse any type of thing that's out there. Right. That's out there. People do it with alcohol and mm -hmm. beer, right? Mm -hmm. You can even abuse chocolate. Amen. You yes. can abuse, abuse cough medicine. Yeah. But now I'm not saying take the herb and use the herb. But I would say this uh, CBD oil, I've looked at that. And I know it does have its properties in it. But once again, um, uh, if there was anything that I would agree with, I would probably rather somebody take an oil. Right. You know, the extract from the oil because you're right. not getting high from it. Exactly. Our herb is a herb. Right. You know, uh, God put these things here. But now my trust is in God for total healing and my dependency is God. Exactly. Even in the doctor that would administrate these medicines to me, same thing like aspirins. Right. You know, or codeine you might take. Right. Anything. That anything, all these things get, get you get you messed up, right. you know. Right. And so I'm not an advocate of those things uh, for the reason that they would get you messed up. But I understand people need them or they use them to administer in hospital situations mm -hmm. to uh, take them out of pain very quickly. Right. You see what I mean? So that's not an abusive situation. Right. Um, um, I would say this: uh, administered by doctors in a situation. I could see that. Right. I could see that. So we have to be kind of careful what we judge as right and wrong, you know, right. and uh, and just uh, look into the word and see what these things are. Uh, right. Because, like I said, there's herbs, plants for our, our usage, you right. know. Right. You know, so not, once again, I'm not advocating. I don't smoke weed. Of course, right. Uh, and uh, I don't like the idea of people uh, using it for recreation to get high, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, um, that's you great. Know, because I wouldn't go around using my aspirins and crushing my aspirins right. and my Tylenols right. and overdosing myself, you know. Yeah. And so anything could be, you know. Anything you know. in moderation. Yeah. You know? I think that's a really good point. I, I like how you said that. And I believe that when you're using it for medical reasons, too, I believe there's many uses for it. But I do think that when you see a generation who is fiending for something, you know, because their identity is rooted in it or they're using it because, you know, maybe they feel like they can't be fully themselves or they mm -hmm. see the crowd doing it. Uh, I do believe that that is is something that maybe I would mm -hmm. stray you a little bit away from and only because it says in scripture that God wants us to be sober minded. Sure. And That's so right. if your mind is filled with all loopiness exactly. and, and you're feeling, you know, because the devil wants you to just, the devil wants you to smoke weed every day, do nothing, lay on your mm -hmm. couch and not walk in purpose. And mm -hmm. so I think it's just something to be very and, cautious and may, of. And may I add too also, remember, we're living in the end times, okay? But I mean, even though this is before we've gotten this far in these end times, the enemy is always trying to give us something to entertain our minds exactly. and, to, and to distract us. So if he can give you, get you doped up, right? Or, or, or and it could be scrolling sober, on TikTok. Exactly. I mean, listen, you could be hearing a nuclear bomb just fell, or or maybe a, a they're going to drop bombs over 
the side of the city tomorrow and because you're loopy. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you, right. You don't you know don't how to escape. You, yeah. you're, you're so caught up in the world. Remember the Bible says we're in the world, but we're not okay. of the world. So Amen. we should not be doing things like this. Like yes. these, you know. Right. And Joe, I just want to pass it over to you. Do you have any insight on this? Um, I think that because society today, there's so many stresses, especially for young people. And they just trying to find answers. And so there's a lot of voids in their lives. And unfortunately, because they have access illegally or now legally with cannabis, that it's pretty much just like on every street corner, like fast food. And so if they're going through something, they're looking for a quick fix. So I don't think they intentionally get up every day and say, I want to get high. What they're looking for is some kind of answer or some kind of comfort. And they're taking the short-term effect, thinking that something will come out of it and they don't realize is that that's how the addiction becomes and that's why I really believe it's a gateway drug to other things I believe that you start um, smoking more pot you, you may intentionally drink more and then drink more into other drugs and then eventually there's such an addiction uh, where unfortunately a lot of uh, young people have lost their lives and I don't believe anyone ever gets up in the morning and says that they're looking forward to becoming a junkie in the future that's not what it is so I believe that, as I spoke earlier about keeping spiritually busy, I believe that um, as someone begins to search for answers and begins to understand who is this Jesus of the Bible and getting into the Word of God, well, if you are spending that time searching in the Word and spending time in assembly with others and praying together in Bible study, that you're, you're going to drive by that cannabis shop and says, before... There was something you could do for me, but now you can't because what God is doing for me, only God can do for me. Only God can fill the voids I have in my life. So I believe that when you start to understand the carnal in parallel with the supernatural, then you'll understand. So God doesn't want you to be condemned by this. The enemy does. What the Lord wants you is to be convicted with truth and say, you don't need anything. The only recreational time you should have is with me. Yes. And, the, and the only high is the high... Most high is the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then you'll understand that um, so <clears throat> it's a process. And so I don't want anyone out there to feel like you're going to get stressed out from all this. What's very important is that take it one day at a time. And just like having a relationship with someone if you're dating, you're not going to know the whole person in three days. And it's the same thing with Jesus. It's, it's a walk. It's a beautiful journey. It's a love affair. And so if you're struggling in those areas with some type of drug addiction and you see that the voids you have and whatever... Turn to the gospel and begin to read a little bit at a time. And uh, like-minded people also who are in the word of God. And you'll understand the day is beautiful. Well, you'll be able to take that stuff and just throw it away and say, uh, it's, it's Jesus is filling all my voids. So I'm just saying to be encouraged. Don't get discouraged or get confused. That's not God. So whatever you're going through right now, know that you're going to get past all this. And there's a uh, beautiful... Um, time and relationship that you'll have with God you'll look back someday and you'll actually laugh about a lot of stuff and you'll say wow only but God can do what he has done in my life Amen. Amen. Wow. And, uh, you know I was to piggyback off of what prophet Joe was just saying uh, I was thinking about how people used to say to me all the time you know what well, Jesus drank wine and I was like well listen think about it when he was back there with his disciples you know, they picked fresh grapes. You know, they didn't have time to wait for it to get fermented. I don't think it was fermented. It was fresh wine. Right? <laughs> you know, so oh so it would be kind of hard to get high and drunk oh, off yeah. of fresh, fresh 
fresh wine. I don't think wine. that was the purpose, right? <laughs> I know. When people say that, how funny. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. Oh my gosh. That was such great advice. And that's amazing. And I know someone's touched by that right now. So thank you guys. So what is your advice on someone who maybe just be, you know, became a Christian? Maybe someone's listening right now and they're, they're intrigued. Maybe the Holy Spirit is grasping their heart right now. And, you know, maybe someone listening to this wants a relationship with Jesus. Do you guys have any advice for, you know, their first steps or some first steps that you guys did or, um, well, one you know, thing just something like that? That I believe that can help people is if you like to take a walk in the park or you're taking a walk on, on the beach somewhere, just understand that, um, that's all you, just like we're having a conversation here, start to have a conversation with God. And yes, he will answer you in your spirit, in your soul. You'll know a check in your spirit. You'll understand. People will cross your path and just start having a conversation and something that you needed confirmation on, that stranger will start speaking in your life. And many times they're, uh, it's an angel activity sent from heaven. It may look like an ordinary person, but it's truly an angel. So you're never alone. Once you accept Jesus Christ, a lot of people feel sometimes that they're uh, alone and you're never alone with Jesus. So my suggestion is whether you like to walk on the beach or walk upside of a mountain, wherever it is that um, just get to know him better, just like you would while you're in a dating relationship or something. You need time, patience to be understanding and God will reveal to you knowledge and wisdom. And so it's a beautiful love affair. I just say it's your walk with Jesus is to fall in love with him yes. and never stop loving him. I think the biggest thing too, I love what you said is, you know, there's people out there who maybe they're intrigued and they believe, you know, I've gotten that told to me. I believe that you believe that there's a God, but I just don't believe. And, you know, I think it's funny because they can see the fruit in your life and it's not that they don't believe, but they just don't believe that it could happen for them. Mm -hmm. And I just want you listening right now that, you know, if you, if you're listening to this and you think that, you know, what God's doing in my life he surely can't do in yours. I just want to reassure you that that is not true. You know, my walk may look mm -hmm. different than your walk, but the love that he has for me, he loves, he has for you, and he has love for all of his children just the same. He loves no one, yes. no one more, yes. no one less. He's no respect of person. Exactly. And it has nothing to do with your good works. You know, I think sometimes people think that, you know, being really good is what gets God to like you, and that's actually so far from the truth. You know, He came for the sinners. That's why we have a Savior. Amen. Amen. And yeah, I really think that if you if you feel like a tug on your heart or, you know, just, just ask Him, what do you have to lose? Like, you know, God, are you real? Would you just show me something? Like, you know, so many times I've asked God that same question, and, mm -hmm. and then I get an answer. You know, a person comes up to me randomly, or, you know, I see I see a little red bird sitting by me every day for a week and I'm like, wow, you know, I really think, you know, that's yeah. a sign, a sign to me. And so I just test God, you know, it says for us to test him. And so, um, that's awesome. I don't amen. know. Yeah. Amen. So I just want to continue going on with this. And, um, so the next thing I kind of want to ask you guys is after piggybacking off of that, do you guys think that it's crucial to get plugged into a church or a community? Do you believe that? you know, it's important to be going to church every Sunday or, uh, what are, what are your thoughts on, on going to church and, um, having that type of community? Do you think you don't need a community or do you think that maybe having a community in Christ helps your journey? Um, maybe there's times that you don't have to be in a community. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, most definitely you have to be plugged in to a church. And the reason why I say that is because uh, remember I said you're in the world but not of the world and if you are seeking God 
Uh, the Bible tells us in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and that which is needed shall be added unto thee. You have to be around spiritual people. You have to be around people that are that have been in it, mature enough to uh, help you and guide you. And uh, if you're in a place where you feel like you're not getting any help, then you need to get out of that. But if you're in a place, just like I said, like the, I heard the preacher say to me when I was 13 years old over the radio, and, uh, and because you don't want to be a spiritual midget, you want to grow. And it's about spiritual growth, you know. And if we're not growing in Christ, uh, we can't, we don't have any fruits. And a tree that doesn't grow can't bear fruit. Amen. So we have to grow in order to bear fruits, and those fruits will be your gifts later on in life that will help other people that will be growing at that particular time, and it will help them to grow, and so on and so on. And so we have to be plugged into a church where we're taught about the Word of God, we're strengthened by each other, we're held accountable. Uh, what I mean is like somebody's not coming at your door and say, uh, uh, you better be ready tomorrow at 6, you better be ready tomorrow at 7, you better be ready. No, none of that, but I'm saying with, the, with the love, love, peace, mm -hmm. uh, uh, a place where uh, you're being, uh, you're, you're feeling the edification, you know, mm -hmm. uh, of what's going on with God's work and you're being loved. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're growing, you're learning, you're gaining wisdom and, uh, uh, and a transformation, which is most important. Uh, Paul tells us uh, in uh, Romans, the uh, 12th chapter, in the first verse, he says, I beseech you, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or duty. He tells us to be not conformed of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we have to be changed. And the only way we're going to get that transformation is being around God's people so that we can grow, be changed. And it's like anything is you've got to cultivate it. And the more you come closer to God and grow, the more in love you'll be with him, as, as Prophet Joe was saying. And uh, you'll start to see the movement of God in your life because you're growing. Mm -hmm. And you start to appreciate that change because you'll be, if, man, if I had only made this change earlier in life, man, look how much time I messed mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so the growth is very important. And especially when you see the change in yourself, other people see it, but when you see it, that makes a big difference. You're like, oh man, I gotta have more of this. I gotta come every night as, as much as I can get there. I wanna, I wanna be in the music. I, I love music myself. I wanna be in the worship. I wanna be yeah. in the art. I wanna be wherever God wants me to be. Mm -hmm. All right, and, and He puts that desire in you, mm -hmm. and you get closer to Him. The Bible says in the Book of James that the closer you draw to Him, the closer He draws near to you. Yeah. And uh, and it's very important to draw close to Him. And you have to be like I said, listen to the Word, receive the Word. Make changes in your life, as Paul said in Romans, the 12th chapter. And once you start making those changes, then you start seeing the, the movement of God. So so God expects something on our behalf, you know, on our behalf, because we're not supposed to just uh, uh, read the word and stay away like hermits uh, secluded in our homes. You know, he tells mm -hmm. us to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only, mm -hmm. because now we start deceiving ourselves, mm -hmm. you know. That's great. That's great. Joe, do you have anything to piggyback off of that? Yes, I think it's um, really important that if you're searching to know who Jesus is and um, you may not be comfortable with a big church, I think something that's very popular right now are house churches where maybe 10, 15 people get together and uh, do a service in their home and you maybe have a Bible study during the week. I think it's some place to get your feet wet for you to go there and find out like what's going on, what, what are they doing. And so, yes, it's important that we assemble together. The, the scripture says that specifically. We need each other. We need to hold each other accountable. We need to encourage, edify, 
and comfort one another. Uh, it's very, very important that there's a support system. And not accountability in a sense, oh, uh, looking under you with a microscope to find everything wrong. No, it's to be there for you, not just when times are good, but to be there when times when you're really hurting. To let you know that I'm your brother no matter what. So it's important we get together. And like I said, whether it's a house church or a medium-sized church or a mega church or uh, you're doing a Bible study or some type of an outreach or you're on the streets helping street pastors, you know, feed people every day and clothe them, working with the homeless and people who are dealing with drug addiction and prostitution. Mm -hmm. I think that the Bible comes alive through you wherever you go as long as you're willing to be that vessel to walk for Christ. Mm -hmm. But it's so important because... There's days that even you're alone in a crowd. I mean, I've been there. I know what that feels like. But I know that as a prophet, you know, I'm not there to prophesy to myself in the mirror every morning. When God gives me dreams, words, and visions, I'm supposed to hit the streets. I'm supposed to go to church. I'm supposed to Amen. share dreams with people so they can get closer to God and understand what God is saying through those dreams for them. So I think it's important that we do come together. And, I, you know, surround yourself with like-mindedness people who truly love God. I'm not saying to you that, unfortunately, in churches, you know, a lot of people have gotten hurt because there's a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing. But that should not stop you from going into Amen. fellowship Amen. and outreach with whomever. Uh, I think it's important that you're going to learn as you walk. But as Pastor Mike said, no one's meant to be a hermit in a cave as a Christian. That's not, that serves really no purpose. And I think it discourages you and you will lose interest. Because even if you start to read the Bible and not practice it, then eventually you'll lose interest in it. No, you're supposed to read it, which is the Logos uh, Word of God, the uh, written Word of God, and the spoken Word of God, Rhema, the spoken Word of God. So it's very important to uh, live out your walk and your destiny walk and understand. And the more you do it, you can't wait. So often people say, well, why is it that everyone wants to save souls? It's because mm. once you are where you're at, you never want to go back to the armpits of the living hell you're in. Hallelujah. So you want to help someone else not to have to go through that. So the hunger, desire. So when people say, why are Christians always looking to try to, excuse the word, recruit? It's because if you've been in those armpits of hell, you don't want someone else to go through what you went through. So if I can help you from going through something that could take five years and in three months I can walk with you as a brother and sister in Christ to help you get through that, then guess what? You're going to turn around and want to help someone else too. So it's a love affair with Jesus, but it's also a fellowship and outreach with one another, a spiritual accountability, and so so very important. So yes, get together and praise and worship God. Wow, amen. amen. That is so powerful, and thank you guys for sharing that. You know, I just want to say one thing. You can't do it by yourself. I think, you know, sometimes people think that maybe you can, but you know, this walk is not easy, and you need community. You need amen. people who are like-minded. You need people who are going to pray for you. You need to have people around you who are filled with the Holy Spirit so when you're going through spiritual warfare you're going through depression or you feel like you have anxiety you, you know you need to be able to go to those and let, let people lay hands on you and cast out those demons and cast out those fears and yes. if, if you're if you're walking alone it's it's way too hard you're, you're gonna feel too isolated and so I really encourage you to maybe you're you know I remember when I first started going to church I'm 22 but um, you know, when I first started going to a church, I was very intimidated. I was nervous. I was like walking. I was like sweaty hands. I didn't know what I was getting into. And I was like, I don't know much about, you know, I, I know God, but I, I haven't really done this relationship with him, relationship with him thing in a while. And, you know, I was afraid. I was afraid of judgment. And I 
didn't feel like I had a community, but you know, the more I kept going because I kept feeling his love, the more I kept finding mentors and people who loved me and people who wanted to include me. And, and it's, it's, it's changed my life. So I really encourage you to get plugged into just a local church. You know, maybe you, you know, someone who knows Jesus and, and you could always just start there and you just never know what God could do for there. So that's amazing. Thank you guys for sharing that. So, you know, as we know, we, we live in a world where people are excelling, you know, they're exceeding, people are doing big things. We see this striving energy coming from, you know, the youth, like youth generation, my generation, Gen Z, uh, you know. However, sometimes we do see people, we do see some people not using their gifts the way that, you know, they're intended, misusing their natural gifts. Uh, we see a lot of, um, you know, demonic things around us and some sad, sad things and, um, if you guys could just tell me a little bit about, you know, your your own personal spiritual gifts, because I feel like God, you know, he creates us with personality. He creates us with these gifts that, you know, not everybody else has. And I think they're so crucial. And it's also something we could we could mi- be misusing without realizing it. Yeah. So I want to know if you guys have any gifts that you feel that God has just, you know, you're just born that way and you don't know why. And if there's a way that you could maybe use those for the kingdom, or do you think that gifts are just something that, you know, maybe you just do as like on the side as a hobby you know do you think that spiritual gifts are aligned with your purpose here on earth yes yeah well that's a very important question uh definitely definitely i know god throughout the whole bible uh has given people gifts uh dreams visions interpretations and and they recognize those are for god for god's purposes Mm -hmm. and we have to recognize that those are for god's purposes a lot of people don't recognize that and sometimes they'll get off and use their gifts for tarot reading palm reading things like that you know they start working for the devil yes you know but once you realize your gift and you start using it for god's purpose uh you come into a true uh, meaning of what it really means to live and have life more abundantly Mm -hmm. because that's not not when we die, that's down here, having yeah. life more abundantly. And so uh, I came into my gift, realization of my gift uh, earlier in life. I used to have a lot of dreams and visions for people to make fun of me and say, you're, you're still dreaming, you're daydreaming. Teachers yeah. used to say to me, I used to, at, at the Catholic schools, look out the windows and the nuns say, you're daydreaming again, <laughs> Carter. You're daydreaming again. Yeah. I just stood staring out the window and I would just be visualizing, you know, different things yeah. and, and coming up with ideas out of my head, you know. As I got older, uh, my mother actually uh, uh, helped me cultivate my my gift to uh, paint and draw, Uh, sitting down with them, and my father could uh, actually draw too, Uh, but it was my mother that cultivated five boys, and I actually carried the gift out and continued that in my teenage years, and uh, as I got older on my own, carried it out, and uh, I do... uh, uh, interpretive drawings, paintings, and a lot of times God will give me a vision and I would sketch it or draft it out uh, with pencil and then later try to bring it to life, you know. Uh, sometimes it would take a while because everything doesn't necessarily come clear right away, you know. Sometimes you get dreams and bits and pieces and you wonder, God, can you give me the rest of that dream? I didn't catch it that night, you know. And he'll come back and give it to you another time, you know. And you'll say, okay, this is where that puzzle fits in. Everything is for a purpose uh, for God's kingdom. Uh, 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 later on, life you'll find out that a lot of time it's also to finance is what I'm finding out. To finance His kingdom, and He'll give you a gift. My pastor used to say to me all the time. I was underneath this uh, woman named Mother Franklin, 
uh, she came up from underneath of Bishop uh, Charles Mason, who was the founder of Church of God in Christ. So I was very fortunate to see gifts in, in action, spiritual actions and healings and things like this. And she used to tell me, she said, you know, uh, son, your gift's going to make room for you. And I kept saying, what gift? You know, because I, you know, I was in my 20s. What gift is she talking about? You know, and uh, I began to realize that as I started working on it, I began to realize it was my artwork. But I didn't realize it right away. You know, right. I didn't think I was that good, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, my dad just say they're a dime a dozen like musicians, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's up to you once you find out what your gift is to just uh, pray on that gift and say, God, help me to use this for your kingdom. Uh, everything that I could do, whether you're a singer, entertainer, uh, a designer, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, a healer, you have the gift of healing, whatever it is. Yeah, all of it, all of it, it should be used for the gift of God, uh, a gift of God, uh, God's kingdom. Uh, because uh, what this does is that um, uh, it's showing that God is still in the miracle working business. It's showing that God is the creator of all creator because remember he created the world in six days. Remember he created the whole universe in six days, but he rested on the seventh. Right, so we got to remember. So, if the master designer gives us this these abilities, he's giving us pieces of him, and he wants us to use it back for turn it back to him, use it for his kingdom. And we oftentimes forget about that. You know, Mm -hmm. we go off and we say, "Look what I can do." Mm -hmm. Yes, you can do it, but I can do all things through Christ, not just do all things through Mike. I can do all now. Mike could do all this before, but I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, and that's the key. We have to remember. Christ is the reason why we have these things. Amen. And return them back to Him. I love that. I love that. And I think that's very important because it's also extremely humbling. Mm-hmm. And I think when you know Jesus, yes. you live for Him and you glorify God and you tell, you know, the world that the things that are, you know, the gifts that you have are from Him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an exact, you know, rep- representation that we're living in mm-hmm. good versus evil because, you know, if you think about Satan, mm-hmm. the fallen angel, he wanted to you be sure God and mm-hmm. he wanted people to worship him mm-hmm. and that's what i think a lot of this world is you know why, when you said we're in end's time it's so true mm-hmm. because we see so many people like worshiping themselves like look what i yes, can do look yes, at my music yes. abilities look at my mm-hmm. like you know me mm-hmm. me 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 and you have to be very careful because if you're not following god you're following yes. satan because there's only two creators yes. can i add one thing you know you have not really lived with your abilities until you live live with it using it for god Right. Because it's a big difference. You know, Amen. the worldly Amen. people, that's why you have entertainers now coming to Jesus. They've Amen. amassed so much in this world. Amen. And the Bible says, clearly says, what profit the man to gain the whole world and lose his soul. Amen. So once you gain the whole world, you realize your soul is empty. Yeah. You're bankrupt, right? Spiritually bankrupt. And you need to put something in that bank account. And so once you start realizing, you know what, God, I, I'm missing something here. You know, so all these stars and athletes turn around and say, I got to give my gift back to God. That's right. And that's awesome when I see an athlete or a star or artist go on a field and they pray. Yes. They don't care who's looking, what people think. So powerful. They give it all back to God. That's so powerful. And I said there were two creators. I meant there was one creator, two sources. So it's very important to know, you know, if you're not following God and you're not glorifying him, uh, who are you following? Amen. And that's extremely dangerous. Choose you this day. Exactly. It can be very dangerous. And so... Um, Joe, do you have anything to pick back off that? I want to give you some time to speak on that. Well, there's one thing that I want everyone to understand is that whatever gifts you have from God, they're irrevocable. They'll never take the gifts from you. The only difference is that when we're walking in the carnal, secular, 
life, they're just gifts. But when you walk as a Christian in the supernatural, they're anointed gifts. Amen. And that's what you want. You want to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so your identity now is that you're not a nurse who happens to be a Christian, but you're a Christian nurse. Amen. You're not a teacher who just happens to be a Christian. You're a Christian teacher. Mm -hmm. So your identity in who you are in Jesus Christ. So whatever gifts you have when the anointing is on you, it just affects, it changes people's lives. Yes. Uh, if, if you sing, yokes and chains are broken. Amen. When you teach, the same thing. So it's so very important to understand that, yes, the gifts that God has given you, they're irrevocable. But it's how you steward them as a Christian that makes a difference and how you affect people's lives. And as Pastor Mike was saying, musicians have done so much in the natural, carnal, and they're empty. And so now they're turning to God because, like, look, they're realizing, wait a minute, this gift I have, but what do I do with it? Amen. And so once you understand that it's from God, it's irrevocable, never being taken from you. The additional part is that it becomes anointed. And so just think about, so it's a constant um, desire to live out your gifts, whatever they are. Whatever area, I don't care if you're a chef, a teacher, um, a musician, a, a mom. Anything that you are called in that area, God will give you. That's why we have the authors that we have in the world today. Mm -hmm. That is why we have the engineers and the designers and the architects because they were inspired by God, God-given gifts. Well, once the anointing falls on them, it's unstoppable. Mm -hmm. And so in this end time church, in the end days, we need to be anointed in the gifts that God has given us and live them to the fullest. Amen. And I just really want to preface that, you know, for whoever is listening right now, I just want you to know that the things that you were created with, that the certain you know character traits that you carry, the certain gifts, maybe you're good at cooking or you're good at singing or maybe you're good at digital marketing, you know, those are there for a reason. Amen. And God Amen. wouldn't have created you that way. I think oftentimes, sometimes we see that we people, and I've done it myself, have put God in this box. Yes. Like we want to just make him... You know only the four walls you know we hear the worshipers we know there's pastors and those are amazing you know those are gifts god mm -hmm. gives people but maybe you're good at skateboarding yeah. and you know god can use that he didn't place that in your heart for no reason you know That's i grew right. up as an athlete and so i've played soccer my whole life Amen. and and it's shaped me in so many different ways and you know when i played soccer i played for god i mean mm -hmm. i wasn't necessarily in a church but you yeah. know I, I was glorifying him because mm -hmm. i was i was praying i was trying to uh, encourage people around me to you know that this when Amen. I when my team wins it glorifies Jesus yes, not me yes. so I just really want someone right now listening to that um, I, I want you to just know you know think of think of the things that you like because they're the things that you like of yourself that you know are not they're not there yes. um, by accident yes. God, God is so specific and yes. intricate when he makes us mm. and I just want someone to know that so yes. um, just a couple more questions we're getting down to like the last two but I want to ask you uh, if you guys have any advice on um, when you face comparison in life, is there anything that you guys think is important for the listeners to know about mm -hmm. comparison? Do you think that um, it's real? And, um, you know, how do you face life when comparison does hit? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think that's very, very important. You know, everybody wants to be accepted in life. And so uh, part of our, our, our human uh, nature seems to be uh, if, if we're not accepted then we want to take on somebody else's role you know or, or I want to I want to be like Michael Jackson I yes. want to be like Michael Jordan remember that song I want to be like Mike yeah or I want to be like Mike Tyson you know I'm yeah. Mike, I'm Mike so I'm throwing out the mics you know <laughs> or I want to be like this Michael 
but everybody is important. And then when they begin to realize how valuable they are and that how God made us all valuable, mm -hmm. he tells us that he that we're the apple of his eye. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of apples. That's a lot of apples. <laughs> I went to a church one time and I said, you know, I said, have you ever went to a grocery store and notice brown apples in a bag mm -hmm. and they're not rotten, they're just brown? Right. That's the first time I've ever seen brown apples in a store wow. going to a grocery store. And they weren't rotten, they were just that way. Right. That's because they were made that way. Right. But I've never saw a brown apple before. I don't think I've ever seen a brown apple. But guess what? That brown apple was uniqueness. Amen. And I told that church, I said, you know what? I'm a brown apple. Amen. And I'm not rotten. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but you know, but that means that no. that means that there's all we're all uniqueness, Amen. right? You got your granny smith. You got your Macintosh, yeah. right? And yeah. there's a green and red, all green, and you got brown yeah, apples. Kind of, yeah, all kind of apples. We're all kind of apples. We're apples of God's eyes. Amen, I love no that. No apple, and even though it might be the same brand and the same taste, but guess what? If you look at us all, we're humans, mm -hmm. but our genes are different. Amen. Even twins don't have the same finger thumbprint oh, identity. It's all, we're all unique. And so every individual listening out there, realize that you're very unique. God made you in his image. And when he made you in his image, he said, created ye he, male and female. He didn't make you two, two, two images at once. Mm -hmm. You're either male or female. Amen. Please be happy the way God has created you unique. Yes. You don't have to be confused about your identities. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be, be confused about, well, I'm fat or I'm skinny or I'm mm -hmm. black or I'm white. Listen, mm -hmm. be happy the way God created you mm -hmm. because he created you for a special purpose that no one else can do. Exactly. And you will find that purpose out in life as you're going along in life. Because yeah. every man or woman will see that purpose if they're following Christ. They yeah. will see that purpose. Yeah. God has no mistake Listen, God makes no mistake in what he does, and he's the perfect designer. So if he created you, I don't care if you have six fingers on one hand and seven toes. Guess what? Amen. You're unique. Amen. You're unique. And God has created you. And uh, just pray and ask him, and you will find out. It's no secret what God can do. Mm -hmm. He will reveal himself why he created you. For exactly. your, for your, and you'll know as you grow up, you'll say, well, wow, everybody's not a basketball player. Everybody's not a rock star. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their uniqueness. Mm -hmm. Everybody's not an artist. Everybody's not a preacher. Right. But we but we all have something the next person cannot do. Amen. That's amazing. And it would be one boring pot of stew if everybody was a carrot. How true. Right. How true. Absolutely. And I think the longer that you are in bondage of wanting to be someone else, because I think we see that especially in my generation of, especially young girls, I think, uh, comparing themselves mm -hmm. on Instagram and TikTok, you know, there's so many um, platforms that have, you know, people just constantly posting these like amazing highlight reels that, mm -hmm. you know, that other people are kind of comparing themselves to this perfect image mm -hmm. that isn't even attainable. Mm -hmm. And it's because, you know, people want, people don't, they're not, uh, secure within their identity so they're looking at someone else and they're saying well wow look at um look at this person here they're getting a lot of likes look what they're doing the way you know maybe i should just be her 
and the longer that you try to be someone else, I think the longer it's the longer it's going to take for you to find who your identity yes. is with God. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I want to chime on that a little bit too. Do you ever notice that the stars are starting to show you what they look like without their makeup? I love that. It's you know why? Powerful. Because when they when they get through singing and performing, because all it is a performance, right? They're back in reality again. Right. And the reality is, they don't want everybody chasing them down where they can't walk freely around and get around places. So they dress place. down. Amen. Right? They take it all off, mm-hmm. and then you see the real, the real who they are. I you love see what that. I mean? And they want to just relax and be normal people. I appreciate people who have platforms who show that true and authentic mm-hmm. selves of them because I think it's so relatable to the people who we think that we think that they are this you know we put them on a pedestal mm-hmm. in a sense because there are some celebrities who you know that do sh- almost you know show this life where they have a private yes. jet and they have a private butler and they have you know all of the best things and, and all nothing the money. wrong with having it amen there's not but you got to use it for the for god's kingdom right? exactly for and, and i don't care who you are you know their life is not perfect because they're human and mm-hmm. i think sometimes us us as humans can mm-hmm. forget that yes and i think it's yes. extremely powerful when yes. we see someone especially with a huge platform and following opening mm-hmm. up you know someone i think of is like selena gomez she's mm-hmm. my my generation yes, and, and I've, she, I've she talks yet. a lot about her yes, struggles yes. and and i love that because it's like wow you're here you are this celebrity mm-hmm. who goes through so much and and you're just you know we think you're so perfect because you you could almost play it off to be yes. but uh but you're not and mm-hmm. i and i love that so joe do you Amen. have do you have anything that well i think it's just what pastor mike is saying even identical twins are not identical so we're not cookie cutter and God never wanted it to be that way. And so he wants all of us to have these uniqueness in us so others will see that, but not to be jealous of one another or to um, try to covet someone else's blessings, but instead to salute and celebrate the person. You want always to do that. You always want to lift people up and encourage them with, with the areas that God has gifted them, especially when there's an anointing on someone's life. Say that to them. I salute and celebrate you. And if you see someone has a strength in an area, you, you want to surround yourself around those people. And so they're a good support system to help you. So we're an area where you may be weak, someone else is strong, and vice versa, you're strong, someone else is weak. We need each other. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important to just celebrate the person and learn from them. And so, um, you know, don't, don't look at someone and say, wow, he or she has this great life, that, until you walk into another person's shoes, mm-hmm. you don't know what they're really going through. Because like you said, a lot of people have beautiful makeup and they have, um, you know, the, the facade is just nice. But when it comes down, stripped down to nothing, what happens is that they don't know. Um, people don't know what they're hurting. They don't see them. They just see the person on TV or the, the music that they sing and stuff. And so that they're all human beings at the end of the day. Everyone uh, sits on the side of their bed and has a time of reflection. And some people cry themselves to sleep. And other people are so tired they fall asleep. But the thing is that you have to live the truth. And so there's a reason why we all look different, act different. And I think it should be celebrated instead of be judged. That's amazing. Amen. I appreciate you guys saying that. So I know we're com- I could ask you guys a million other questions. I'm just going to ask you guys one more question as we kind of wrap up this episode. And I'm going to kind of end it off with a little bit of a stronger question but again i i said i was coming on here for us to speak some truth today and so i'm just going to ask you guys uh your opinion on um sex before marriage and i asked this heavy question only because i feel like it's totally necessary in this time especially in the time that we are with this generation i think that you know kids are going back to school it's it's september time and 
And unfortunately, we do know that this is something that's very normalized. It's normalized in TV shows, movies. It's the romance, the sex. You know, maybe people, I think people often think that sex can be love. And so I'm just going to give you guys the platform that whatever's on your heart as we end, you guys can kind of just talk about, you know, sex before marriage. Whoever wants to go first. Well, you know, as I was saying earlier, I was a teenager once. And, um, you know, the flesh always wants what the flesh wants. You know, but but uh, God has a set of order and rules for a specific reason. And uh, the Bible tells us in uh, Hebrews, the 13th chapter, the fourth verse, it tells us that um, uh, the bed is honorable in the sight of God. Uh, it tells us about um, uh, uh, keeping ourselves and, uh, um, you know, not getting ahead of this order meaning mm. that it's better to marry than to burn it says mm. and the reason why is because um, lust is a very dangerous thing mm. and lust is not love Amen. it's two different things oftentimes as a teenager we're functioning with lust in our minds and even as adults it's not just teenagers even adults and it's a fight because the flesh doesn't want to give up. It never does. Even at my age, it doesn't of want to course, give up. Right. And, and because we're in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And so that's, this is where we have to ask God, Lord, please give me strength. Right. Please give me strength because I want to respect you and honor your word. And we have to remember when we read the word, this causes us to, to keeps us in remembrance that uh, he says in the book of Ephesians that our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against spiritual principalities those principalities is the devil that's always talking to us through our ears trying to sit on our shoulder to tell us hey mike you know you could go and do this go nobody's gonna see you know you could you could go over here nobody's gonna know but god is always present and he always sees things and he has an order of why he does things if we wait till we get married before you have sex before we have sex that is pleasing to God and that will also save you a whole bunch of troubles because you could you, you if you do this before you get married you could come up with an unwanted pregnancy then that will be a setback to him or her because you might have goals right school work business then regret sets in but you have to have responsibility taking care of this baby so God has an order of things, it's called maturity. When you're mature enough before you get married and say, well, listen, I, I wanna get married now, I need to get married, my flesh is burning. I desire this woman, I desire this man. Rather than me keep lusting after this man or woman, you know, I, I, you know, because I wanna get in bed with this individual, I'm gonna go get married. And I'm gonna ask this man to put a license, on a ring on my finger. Because you know why, listen, if a man could put uh, uh, give a dog a license. Mm -hmm. He can't give his girl a license, right. but he go get a license right. for his, for right. his, dog. For his dog. And a fishing license, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fishing license. Yeah. He go get a driving license, right? Yeah. But he can't, for something he wants, such as a, a woman that, he's, that he wants so bad, mm. he wants so bad that he wants to have sex with her. Mm. But then you got to remember, are you Mary? You, then the woman has to be smart to say, wait a minute, are you marrying me for sex or do you really love me? Well, hopefully you really know each other really well that, that, that if you're still burning for each other, that's great. Because a lot of times when you get to know somebody, you, that burning stops. Yeah. 
<laughs> I didn't know she would like that. Uh -huh. I didn't know he was going to be like that. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, maybe I changed my mind. Mm -hmm. But it's good to really know each other well. And a lot of times we're taught, well, from when I was coming up, that a good six months, sometimes six months to a year courtship. Some people got to go longer than that courtship. Mm -hmm. But really sometimes they say you don't go too long if you're really burning bad. Right. Because some people can't make it past six months. Right. But you really have to be taught. We call the the ninth degree uh -huh. thrilled. Does that person have a job? Is this person doing it? Are you responsible? Mm -hmm. Because that all comes with the with the with the taking care of the sex part, the marriage part. Everybody wants the sex is the easy part. But remember, with sex comes a baby, possibly, yeah. <laughs> right? Conception. And if it doesn't, you know, hey, but that but if you're not ready, but God knows when the time is ready. And I would tell people this too: that if you have a baby, please, please keep that baby. Don't, don't, don't. I'm, I'm glad this abortion thing mm -hmm. is over with, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know. Uh, if you if, if it goes into that, at least give it up for adoption, Amen, right? Agree. Because I think some people are trying to make rules where they can go somewhere else and get it done. You know, right. I mean, at least give the baby up for adoption. Don't don't kill it because right. then that's murder, and uh, God's mm -hmm. not pleased. That's one of His commandments: Thou should not kill. Amen. And so, uh, yeah, marriage is honorable in the sight of God, and the bed is undefiled. So once you get married. You can have at it with each other, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you're Absolutely. But 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 don't but don't don't do it before because then you take the joy out of it when you get married because you done had each other. Right. And I think that's great a great point you make and I'll come to Joe in one second, but I think that, you know, well flesh flesh feeds flesh and spirit feeds spirit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you are if you're having intercourse before marriage, mm -hmm. a lot of the times I think we have to look at why are we doing that? Are we lacking mm -hmm. a sense of love or do you even know like why you're you know why it just feels good is it something temporal like do you want to have a relationship with this person mm -hmm. um you know and i think these things you know because i believe in soul ties i believe that you're yes. god created yes. for us mm -hmm. to become one when we are intercourse mm -hmm. it's sex is a beautiful thing i mm -hmm. think sometimes it can get misunderstood mm -hmm. that sex is not meant to be beautiful god mm -hmm. did make it beautiful just he didn't he just made it beautiful in his covenant right. not outside of right. his covenant within marriage yes. and, it, and it's very much so abused and i think it's because people do think that sex is love and actually what it what the devil will do is he'll get you to you know get so close that you're laying with fire and you're giving mm -hmm. yourself up for sex and yes. then you know what what happens when that person doesn't speak to that's you right. because it was meant for you to become mm -hmm. one so that's why you're so broken when that person doesn't even know your favorite color they don't even know your name practically in there and yes. you're giving them sex amen and that's the gamble exactly see the gamble is is if you're already getting there why it's some people use the term why do why can why why should i go to a store to buy milk when i get the cow for free exactly. you ever heard that term right. i have heard use? that well yeah. if they go and have sex you do like, i don't need to get married right because uh i i had sex with her and then they'd be like well i've had her already i'm gonna look for the next girl or the, mm -hmm. or the women do that to the guys too the women are just as guilty they are and you gotta say well wait a minute this is not love listen uh there's nothing wrong with being a virgin male or female if people want to laugh their heads off at you let them laugh because you want to be pleased in the eyes of god right okay and god will have the perfect man for you and for the man god will have the perfect woman for you amen and i also want to preface that's so true and there's also no shame if you if you have had sex if you have you know god mm -hmm. makes you anew and 
And if, you know, maybe you just, you hear this right now and you have had sex and you're feeling ashamed. I just want to let you know that that's, that's not Jesus. That's the devil. But you have right that right in this moment, you could mm-hmm. make this a new day. You could tomorrow, you could start fresh and you could say, you know what? I'm not, that's why we see so many people living with each other and almost living like they're married and like they're one before they are. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that's, you know, personally, someone who's going to marry me, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to have my standards and I'm going to be able, I'm going to be able to say, you know, I just want to wait for that person. I'm not going to make you treat me like my wife before, before you put a ring on it. Because who knows if you will. (laughs) And I think we see a lot of girls lowering their standards to be loved. And and the truth is, is, you know, they'll love you unconditionally, whether, you know, you're giving them sex or not. And that's not what it's about. So Joe, do you have anything else that you'd want to add to that? I think it's so important to reflect on this is that since the very beginning, when the Lord created Adam, he knew that Adam couldn't do it alone. So he gave him companionship. He gave him Eve. And by giving him Eve, he, he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And so a ring is a symbol of a covenant with God, everlasting covenant with God. And so what's beautiful about this is the, the, waiting for marriage. It's probably the only gift that you can give back to God that no one else can give on your behalf. If, if, I, if I can't make it to church, I can ask someone to put in a prayer request for me or bring my tithe for me. But no one can bring my virginity for me. It's something very, very special. It's, it's sacred before God. I've interviewed hundreds of people. I've never had anyone say to me that they regretted waiting, man or woman, till they were married. And I've had many say to me they regretted prior to having sex, then eventually getting married and say, I wish I had waited. And so that's all I can share to you out there is do not let society the enemy or anyone ever put you in a position where you are feeling so pressured into to a corner. If someone's dating you and they're pushing you to having sex, what you need to do is introduce them to the door and let them walk out of your life because you don't need them. Because you know what? If they do that to you, just imagine what else they'll do to you in your lifetime. So you know what? If you are, be proud of that and walk with that with God. And it's something that you can offer and only you can offer to God. So be proud to be a virgin before you get married. Amen. Amen. And amen. I just want to thank you guys so much. I think that was enough time for us to, you know, speak here. We're getting over an hour mark. So I just want to say thank you both so much. I know so many were blessed. I'm just so um, honored that you guys sat down with me and took time out of your day to be stewards and disciples to other people who need to hear Jesus and being so vulnerable and open. I really, really appreciate it. And so um, I have, Prophet Joe and, and uh, Pastor Mike with me, and I will leave uh, in my description where you guys can contact them, you know, maybe give you guys their email if you ever need maybe some type of um, person to talk to about Jesus or um, mentorship, something like that. Buy I know some they, art. Yeah, buy some art, absolutely. I'll and, leave a few prints with Yeah, you. totally. I mean, absolutely. That's definitely something that they want to do. So, um, thank you guys so much. It was an honor, and uh, I'll You're see welcome. you guys. Pleasure was ours. Pleasure was ours. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. And um, I will see you guys in my next episode. Thanks for listening. God God bless. God bless.